Hey guys, and welcome to Journey Online. Thank you so much for joining us again. We continue our series, Victory, and I love uh, this whole series. I just I love the name. And as I said it before, I love to win. I love victory. I think it's one of the coolest things to be able to see in Scripture over and over how how God has given us victory, and God is a God of victory. And so the last couple of weeks we've been talking about victory over our past. Well, today I want to talk about victory over the giants in our life. There are some things in our life that just seem bigger than life and bigger than we could ever deal with. And we, they may even see, be something that literally put the fear in us that God does not want us to have. And so I want to, you know, today we're going to unpack some things. We're going to look at a story. And most of you know, usually when we talk about giants, we start talking about David and Goliath. And so we're going to kind of go there. But there's a passage I want you to read. It's Second Timothy 1.7. It says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. And so I love this passage. It says, God has not given us a spirit of, of fear or of timidity. That's not of God. And too often what we do is we walk in fear or we let fear control us. And God says, hey, listen, that's not what I want to happen. I didn't give you that. But what I did give was was power love and self-discipline what a great passage for what we're going through as a nation right now that if we look at this passage and we see that god has given us power that's power of walking in the holy spirit being led by the holy spirit being directed by the holy spirit but walking in his power being able to say no to things being able to just overcome maybe some even some of the emotions that want to well up that we go you know what that's not of god that's of the flesh and then here's another one of love Man, if there's ever a time when the world needs to hear you know, a, a message of love, it's right now. Because there's a lot of hate going on, there's a lot of anger, and there's a lot of bitterness out there. But the thing is, is God wants us to be that message of love. The world will know that we're His followers by our love for one another. And, and so love, and then here's another one, self-discipline. Self-discipline is being willing to say, you know what? You know what? I want to make sure I do the things that honor God that honor the people around me, and, and, and show that self-discipline. And by doing that, we fulfill this scripture. We f- fulfill this text. And so that's awesome. So let's, I want us to kind of go to the story of David and Goliath. Many of you guys have heard this, and this is in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 17. If you want to turn in your Bibles there, you can do that. Or you can go to YouVersion online. You can get our notes there. And so here in, 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 in first, uh, it's 1 Samuel chapter 17, we see the story of Goliath. And I'm gonna, we're going to go through here, and there's a lot of scripture that we want to have to cover because it's really a, a cool story, but it's got a lot of detail. And so, then Goliath, a Philistine champion from Gath, came out of the Philistine ranks to face the forces of Israel. And he was over nine feet tall. And some, some it says, it literally, he was nine foot nine. He was a pretty good sized dude. Nine, over nine feet tall, he wore a bronze helmet, and his bronze coat of mail weighed 125 pounds. He also wore bronze leg armor, and he carried a bronze javelin on his shoulder. The shaft of his spear was as heavy and thick as a weaver's beam tipped with an iron spearhead that weighed 15 pounds. His armor bearer walked ahead of him carrying a shield. So here's a big dude with a lot of armor. I mean, he's a man of war. And and so this is a guy that is just a giant like no other. I mean, we watch the NBA, and whenever a guy is really tall, he usually looks really lanky and really kind of uncoordinated. This guy was he was a warrior. And so when we look at it, we kind of get the mental picture. Here's David, who's about to face this guy. He's only, and David's only there to bring some supplies to, to his brothers and stuff, bring some cheese and some, and some food for his brothers. That's the only reason he's there. But while he's there, he hears this giant, Goliath, literally defying the armies of the living God. And, and man, he, he's, he's, he's just bothered by it. He can't believe it. 
And, and so whenever we look at this picture, we see how big this guy is. And so what, what he would do was Goliath would come out every day and he would give us challenges. And this challenge that was just so you know, condescending towards the, the nation of Israel. And man, he was just literally trying to get in there across. So every day, so think about this. He came out every day, literally giving this challenge. And so look at what it says. It says, I defy the armies of Israel today. Send me a man who will fight me. And when Saul and the Israelites heard this, they were terrified and deeply shaken. So they were, they were terrified. I mean, it says they were deeply shaken. So we talked about deep over the last couple of weeks about how God needs to, his word needs to deeply penetrate our heart. Go in and deal with the deep issues of the heart. And so when we look at this, it says they were deeply shaken. It makes me think that, you know what? They had just lost heart. They'd lost uh, the courage. They'd lost heart. They'd felt like they were defeated already. They were out there really just to kind of, kind of hold the line just a little bit, but they were retreating day after day after day, it seemed like. And, and so, you know, we have Goliath in our life and, and maybe that, you know, here, here we see where Goliath comes out and he challenges them. He taunts them. Maybe you have that Goliath in your life that's taunting you and, Day after day. It's been more than 40 days for you. Maybe it's been years of your life. Maybe it's been 40 years. You've been fighting the same giant. You continue to lose that battle or either walk in fear. And that, and that Goliath could be a different things. I know for, for some of us, it's, you know, it, it could be anything. And I want to give you just a, a list of a few things. One, it may be resentment. You know, maybe you're, you've been toting resentment around your whole life. You could be way older than 40, still toting resentment from maybe your childhood or past relationship or whatever it may be. Maybe it's fear. You know, there's, there, even in the times that we're going through right now, a lot of people are living in fear. We're not supposed to live in fear. Think back to the passage we read earlier. And so, but maybe that's the giant that looms in your life and you're afraid of anything and everything, and especially if things don't go the way you think they should. Maybe it's racism. You know, right now we've got racism that is the, it is on the front and foremost of everything. It's on the headlines. It's in every article. And racism is thinking, maybe for you, it's still the issue. Maybe you don't like people because of their color, maybe because of their background, or maybe because of where they're from, and you know, and, and you don't see them as the image bearer of God. Maybe that's your giant. You can't seem to win in that area. You want to be different, but you know what? You can't seem to win in that area. God can give you victory over racism. Doesn't matter how you were raised, doesn't matter what your family may have taught you, doesn't matter what culture you came out of, God can win in that area. Another one, maybe it's loneliness or shame. You know, maybe you feel lonely all the time and, and it's just like this giant. Or maybe it's shame. There's something that happened or something you did. And you battle this Goliath, this, this monster, it seems like, in your life. It's, and it's keeping you from being able to do what you want to do. And, and you're literally held up every day listening to the same taunt by shame or loneliness. Or maybe it's worry. Maybe you worry about things and, and it's this giant. You don't want to worry, but you do. You worry about anything and everything. You become anxious and you just fret over things that you really shouldn't be worrying about. Or maybe it's jealousy. You know, we call that a green-eyed monster in relationships because jealousy can destroy a a marriage. It can destroy a relationship before you ever even get to marriage. And jealousy is a green-eyed monster. It is a giant in many ways. And so maybe that's what keeps coming up. And you're this jealous person. That comes from insecurities usually. And insecurity may be the monster in your life or the giant in your life. Or maybe it's depression. You know, depression, I was talking with a guy today who was telling me about some of the things that he's going through. He said, man, I've been battling depression for the last year. You know, and he said, it's just like this cloud hanging over me. You know, maybe maybe it's bitterness or pride. You know, pride's one of those things that can 
rise up. It can cause you to stumble. It can cause you to fall. It can be anything. It could be selfishness, the insecurity. It could be an addiction. Maybe there's an addiction in your life that you just go, you know what, man, I want to be free of this, but I just can't. It just continues to beat me down and put me down. And so you've got to be willing to ask God, so God, what is the Goliath in my life? And, and here's what I love. I, I, I do like this. I think there's times when we've got to acknowledge, how, you know what, this is what is holding me back. And be willing to look at it, see it, what it is. And even Goliath, he had a name. You know, he had a name. And so you've got to be willing to identify what that issue is. If you go, hey, I don't have any problems. You know, I can't tell you how many times I've had people who would want to come into counseling and there would be one who said, hey, I, I wanted to come into counseling. The other says, I don't know why we're here. I don't even, we don't even have a problem. Well, obviously they're delusional, but there's issues there. And so the, one of the best things we can do is like for someone who is battling maybe alcoholism to realize, you know what, hey, man, I'm an alcoholic. Or if they're a, a drug addict, they realize, you know what, I'm, I'm a drug addict. To acknowledge that is the beginning of healing. And we talked about in Scripture, you know, confessing our sins one to another is the beginning of healing. And so we've got to be willing to confess those things and share those things. So I want to give you some battle strategies to help in defeating these giants in your life. And every one of us has some type of giant that we're having to having a battle. And so I want to give you some battle strategies that I feel like will help you from the story of David and Goliath. And so let's read here in First Samuel seventeen twenty three. It says, as he was talking with them. And this is David, he's talking with them. Goliath, the Philistine champion, uh, came from Gath, uh, the champion from Gath, came out from the Philistine ranks, and then David heard him shout his usual taunt to the army of Israel. So here's David, who's there just to bring some supplies, kind of hanging out. And so while he's there, as he was talking with his brothers who were kind of telling him, what are you doing here, and all this kind of stuff, he's talking to them. He comes out and gives the taunt. So Goliath comes out and does his thing. And so here, here's the thing, he heard it. And this is what I think is one of the most key battle strategies we can have in our walk in this world. Is we've got to be able to discern the lies and know the truth. You know, I hear people say all the time, well, you know, I, I, I saw that on the Internet. It's got to be true, right? You know, I mean, that's what we think. Hey, I saw it on the Internet. Hey, I saw it on Facebook. Or somebody was talking about this, and I think that's a credible source, you know, whatever. And so we talk about, hey, we saw it on the news, so it's got to be true. You know, and so here's the thing is we, we look to things to give us the truth rather than looking to the truth to give us the truth. The truth is God's Word. And if we would spend a fraction of the time that we spend on social media or a fraction of the time that we spend watching the news or a fraction of the time that we spend watching TV, you know, we, we could, man, if we would just spend a fraction of that time reading God's Word, we would know the truth. We would be able to discern what the lies are and know the truth because we have been in the truth. We've been in the Word of God. But too often what we do is we get just enough of the Word of God to make us feel good about ourselves, but not enough to really know it and to understand it. It's like we were talking about last week. It's too often so many Christians do not understand the gospel. They'll say, hey, I'm a Christian, but they don't seem to understand the gospel. And so what we've got to be willing to do is say, listen, God, help me to discern the lies to know what is a lie we talked about it last week that satan is the father of all lies that's what he does that's what he's good at so we got to know that you know what the enemy is going to feed us lies and we've got to know the truth and the truth will set you free we'll see that in just a second so here's a couple of passages i want you to read here this is out of second timothy here it says all scripture is inspired by god and is useful to teach us what is true there it is and to, and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives it corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. If we will spend time in God's Word, it will teach us the truth. It will teach us what is the right thing to do. It will it'll teach us what is the right decision. It will teach us what is the wise decision. It will teach us those things that we, we want to know 
But we've got to do the homework. We've got to spend time in God's Word to know what it says. Here's another one, John 8. I love this. Jesus said to the people who believed in Him, You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teaching. And so you have to be in God's Word to know what His teaching is. You have to be in God's Word to know what Jesus' teaching is. And He says, And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Everybody wants to be free. Here's the thing. We've all been slaves. We've been slaves to sin. And that's what Jesus was talking about. If you want to be free, man, you've got to know the truth. And we said this through the beginning, from every Sunday that we've been talking about this, is the only way that we'll ever find true change, the only way that we'll ever see our community really change, is by hearts and souls being changed and transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's no other way. It's not going to be by politicians. It's not going to be by the government. It's not going to be by laws. And here's the tough thing. You know, laws are what criminals break. Criminals are going to do what they want to do anyway. They're going to choose to break the law. But the thing is, is Jesus changes the heart. And when Jesus changes the heart of the criminal, that criminal is changed from the inside out. We've got to be willing to say, God, change the heart. And we as, as believers, as followers of Christ, need to be praying like never before. Praying for souls to be saved. Praying for the Holy Spirit to draw men unto himself. Praying for change in the heart of man. That will bring about change in a community all day long. And so here's the next thing. When we look at this, this, uh, this focus has got to change. So when we look at this, focus on God, not the giant standing in the way of your blessings. And I love this, and I want to explain this a little bit. But we've got to focus on God. Too often we focus on the battle. Too often we focus on the giant. Too often we focus on the fear. We focus on the wrong things. And so what we've got to be willing to do is say, God, help me to focus on you. God, to look to you, to trust you, to believe you, and to lean into you, God, even whenever I don't realize, I don't realize what's going on, and I don't realize how to win. But God, I realize that you do, because you see all things. I think back to years ago, there was a story of, uh, doc, uh, of, of, of a guy who used to do focus on the family, and uh, he was talking about how uh, he was sitting there, and he was watching his hamster who wanted to get out of a cage so bad, but his cat was sitting there watching the hamster, hoping that the hamster got out of the cage. And, and that hamster thought that freedom was just so, so close. But really, it was the end of his life that was so close. And so the, the, the guy who used to be over uh, focused on the family, Dr. James Dobson, he's sitting back there, and he's watching, and he sees everything from this perspective. He said, God spoke to him at that moment. He said, he goes, James, he said, there's, there's times that you want to do this. James Dobson, my bad, James Dobson. He's watching. He said, there's times that you want to do things that I'm saying, no, it's not the right thing. It's not the best thing. So just trust me. And he said, God just spoke to him in that moment. So Dr. Dobson said, hey, you know what? There's times that I've wanted to do this or do that that it didn't happen, but God was, he had my best interest in mind. So focus on God, not the giant standing in the way of your blessings. And this is what David did. Listen to what he said here in, in 24 through 26. He said, as soon as the Israelite army saw him, they began to run away in fright. So everybody sees him. They run away. Woo! You know, run away. He says, have you seen the giant? The men asked. They're like, dude, have you seen how big he is? He comes out each day to defy Israel. The king has offered a huge reward to anyone who kills him. He will, he will give that man one of his daughters for a wife, and the man's entire family will be exempted from paying taxes. That's worth the battle right there, right? I mean, that's a pretty good reason to go to battle. David asked the soldier standing nearby, all right, what will a man get for the king? It's almost like he says, wait a minute, what now? He's gonna, if I take this guy out, he gets a daughter, and he gets tax-free for the whole family. Man, that's a pretty good deal. So he's focused on the blessing, not on the, on, I mean, he just sees Goliath as a, a means to an end. He's looking at him and he's thinking, all right, so tell me again what you get. 
So David asked the soldiers standing nearby, what will a man get for killing this Philistine and ending his defiance of Israel? Who is this pagan Philistine anyway that he is allowed to defy the armies of the living God? I love that statement. And so here's a couple of things I think are important. Number one is don't compare the giant to yourself. Don't compare the giant to yourself. Compare the giant to God. Compare the giant to God. So here's the thing for me, you know, I'm all of what, maybe 5'10". I'm looking at a, you know, a guy that's nine foot nine. That seems insurmountable maybe. But to the God that I serve, he's nothing. And so what we've got to have that mentality is, you know what, God, help me to focus on what you can do. God, focus on your abilities, your power, your authority, that you're over all things. And so don't compare the giant to yourself. Compare the giant to the God that you serve. So think back to whatever we listed a while ago, or maybe something that I didn't say, but you know it's the giant in your life. Maybe it's pornography. You go, man, I can't seem to win in this area. You know what? Hey, compare it to the God that you serve. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe I don't know what it may be. Maybe it's, it's lust. Maybe it's, it's greed. Whatever that might be, you've got to be willing to say, God, I know that you're bigger and you can handle whatever I'm battling, whatever that giant may be. And then here's the next thing. Saul and the rest of the army are focused on fear. They're focused on fear. They're focused on the giant. They're focused on that. You know, and so they are running in fear. They're trembling. They're shaken to the core, it says. And, but here's what I love. When we look at David, David is, is not focused on him. David said, hey, listen, if you want to focus on that, bring it on up. David says, if you want to focus on Goliath, fine. I am focusing on God. You focus on whatever you want to. I'm focusing on God. I'm staying focused on him and him alone. And so we've got to be willing to say, God, help me to stay focused on you and not on my giant. And so that's something we've got to go to God. God, help me to stay focused. It's easy to drift. It's easy to get on the wrong things. And here's another one. Don't listen to the naysayers. Too often we have people in our life that will tell us you can't do this. When, when David first gets there, he gets in trouble with his brothers. They're like, what are you even doing here? And they're kind of running him down and, you know, he kind of ignores them, which is a great thing to do to naysayers. There are times that you're going to have people tell you you can't do something. Don't listen to them. Now, there's people that we are to seek wise counsel from. But we've got to be willing to say, you know what, don't listen to the naysayers. There are going to be people that will tell you, you're not good enough, you're not smart enough. <laughs> I feel that way all the time. But we've got to be willing to say, God, what do you say about me? Maybe you grew up in, in your life and somebody told you, you'll never amount to anything. You'll never be good enough. You'll never make it through college. You'll never do this. You'll never do that. And if you start listening to them, you start believing them, rather than the God that says, I want to do great and mighty things through you, you know what? You'll accomplish exactly what they said. That's why it's so important, mom and dad, for us to speak life over our kids. You know, let's speak life over them. Don't tell them they won't ever amount to anything. You tell them you're going to be whatever God has put on your heart to do. And here's the thing. If you work hard, man, you can accomplish great things. God's going to do something great in you. He's going to do something great through you. And so I just want to challenge moms out there and dads. Hey, don't be the naysayer. You speak life over them. You know, David, he's having to deal with his brothers. But here's the thing. He's even having to deal with the king. Listen to what the king says. King Saul says, don't be ridiculous. Saul replied, there's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy, and he's been a man of war since his youth. And so, man, even the king is like, dude, you don't have what it takes. You don't have what it takes. But I love how David responds. David knew, you know what, the trials of his past had prepared him for the battle before you. And here's the thing, the trials of your past has prepared you for the battles before you. You know, here's this Goliath, here's this giant before David. But, you know, he's looking back and he's thinking back to some of the God moments in his life. So he's thinking back to some of these things. And so 
The trials of your past have prepared you for the battles before you. And so remember your God moments. And so that's what David did. David remembers the God moments. And he begins to tell, you know, the king, listen, I've faced some pretty good obstacles before. But let me just tell you, God has delivered. And look at this passage here. It says, but David persisted. I've been taking care of my father's sheep and goats. And he said, when a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. I've done this to the, both the lions and bears, and I'll do it to this pagan Philistine too. For he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. And so what I love here is he's remembering those God moments. You know, and he, he goes, you know what? God's delivered me. So I want to just say this to some of you. I guarantee you there's been a time in your life whenever God has done something, and you go, man, only God could have done that. You know, maybe there's been a moment in your life, there's something that has happened whenever God has provided. Maybe he's met a financial need. Maybe he's met a physical need. Maybe he's met an emotional need. You know, maybe he has protected you from something. You think, man, if it hadn't been for God, I wouldn't be here right now. And there's some of you, maybe through your teenage years, how dumb you can be as a teenager. You know, maybe there's some things that God protected you. And you go, you know what, I, it's a miracle that I'm still alive. I'm one of those. You know, so I can speak from experience. But here's the other thing. You have to remember your training. Not only remember the God moments, you remember the training. So he was trained in the field doing these things. But look at what happened here. So Saul wants to give him his armor. And so Saul is like, hey, listen, put on my armor, and, you know, and you're fixed to go to battle with this guy. So Saul gave him his armor, a bronze helmet with a coat of mail. David put it on, strapped the sword over it, and took a step or two to see what it was like. For he had never worn such things before. I can't go in these, he protested Saul. I'm not used to them. So David took them off again. He picked up five smooth stones from a stream and he put them into the shepherd's bag and then armed only with a shepherd's staff and sling, he started across the valley to fight the Philistine. So his, this is what I love about this. That's what he had been doing. He'd taken out a lion. He'd taken out a bear. He'd taken out whatever stood in his way. And it wasn't just necessarily the, the weapons that he had. It was the God that he served. It was the faith that he had in the God that he served. You know, and so here is a young man who's saying, you know what, God, this is your battle. God, I'm trusting you. God, I'm going in my faith in you that you are going to give me victory today. And there may be some of you that you think, hey, I don't have, a, I don't have the right tools. I don't have the right weapons. You know, the thing is to, to defeat the giants in my life. But here's what I would just tell you. You've got, if you've got faith, you've got what it takes. Faith is what sets us apart. Faith is what literally gives us salvation. It's our faith in what Christ has done. It's not our works, our deeds. It's not the tools we bring to the table. It's our faith in Christ. And so our, us putting our faith in Jesus Christ is what changes everything. It's what saves us. And so David has put his faith in the God of Israel. And, and I, I love this. So remember your training. Don't, you know, don't sit there and go, I've got to do something different. I got. It kind of goes back to the old saying, hey, dance with who, who, who you brought to the dance type deal. And so here's the other thing. Run to the battle in faith. Run to the battle in faith. David was willing to run to the battle in faith. You know, so let's pick up here in 1 Samuel again. And so Goliath walked out toward David with his shield bare ahead of him, sneering in contempt at this ruddy-faced boy. Am I a dog, he roared at David, uh, that you come at me with a stick? I mean, he's out there with his shepherd's staff. You know, and, and here's this guy trying to humiliate him. And he cursed David by the names of his gods. Come over here and I'll give your flesh to the birds and wild animals. Goliath yelled. And David replied to the Philistine, You come to me with sword, spear, and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. I love that. 
Today the Lord will conquer you, and I will kill you and cut off your head. And then I will give the, the dead bodies of your men to the birds and wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. And everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people. But God, but not with the sword and spirit. This is the Lord's battle, and he will give you to us. And I love this statement here. With, the, with this victory, the whole world will know there's a God in Israel. That was his statement. With this victory, the whole world is going to know that there is a God in Israel. And I was thinking about that, and I was thinking about, you know, like in our lives. So David said, hey, listen, with this victory, and, and whenever you look at that, you know, I know a lot of people, when they go, man, it was, that was, that's kind of morbid, and man, that's, that's violent. And, but here's the thing, man, when you cross God, I'm just telling you, you're going to deal with some repercussions. I mean, we're, we're not going to just be able to cross God and, and go against God. This guy's defying God, and there's, there's, there's a price to pay for that. And so God is a God who takes care of business. He does not just back down. Well, I know oftentimes we think of God as being this loving God who he, it's just how hey, I'll just get to crawl up in his lap. But he is also a God of, of wrath. You know, there's times whenever he, he shows that. There's times whenever he shows grace, and we are so thankful for that. But I would just say this, that we've got to understand that it says here, the whole world will know that there's a God in Israel. And so David is saying, hey, listen, this is happening so that the whole world knows there's a God in Israel. And I would just say this to you, whatever battle that you're going through, maybe the victory that you're going to experience, it's not you that does it, but you get to see God do it. And you'll get to tell a story, and that story may be one that everybody, the whole world will know that there is a God in Prattville or Millbrook or Montgomery or Wetumpka or wherever it might be, wherever you are. Whatever the name of the, the area might be that you are, the people around you are going to say, there is a God. There is a God because I have seen him at work in this battle that you have won. And it's not because of what you did, it's because of the faith that you had in the God that you serve. I mean, wouldn't that be powerful for God to use the victory in our lives to be able to see other people come to know Christ for salvation? Let's pick up the rest of this passage here. It says, as Goliath moved closer to attack, David quickly ran out to meet him. He ran to the battle, ran to the battle in faith. Reaching into his shepherd's bag and taking out a stone, he hurled it with a sling and hit the Philistine in the forehead. The stone sank in, and Goliath stumbled and fell face down to the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with only a sling and a stone, for he had no sword. And then David ran over and pulled Goliath's sword from his sheath, and David used it to kill him and cut off his head. You know, I can remember telling that story one time. And, you know, at a, as a, at a VBS and a girl came and she said, that's just so graphic. Do you really think you need to tell about the part of him cutting his head off? And I'm thinking, yes, because it's in the Bible. And I believe that David made it clear so the whole world will know that God gave him that victory. And, and so there's times, you know what, you need to hear the graphic stuff of God's Word to really kind of rattle our cage sometimes. There's a lot of graphic things going on around us, and it's not truth. This is God's truth. This is God's Word. And so he, he literally took care of business. So here's here's... Here's the thing I would say. Victory belongs to God because the battle is His. Victory belongs to God because the battle is His. We give Him the praise. We give Him the glory. We give Him the praise for what He has done. God's the one that gives us victory. Look at these passages here. This has kind of been our theme throughout this, this whole uh, series. But thank God He gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. Man, I'm just telling you, that's the way that there's only going to be real change is through us giving our life to Christ. And He gives us victory over the sin in our life. A lot of these giants that I named earlier, they're just, they're just full-blown sin. And so whenever we put our, our faith in Christ, man, when we surrender our life to Christ, we begin to experience 
victory over the sin in our life and the death that is, you know, that is ours, man. That we're gonna, we, we're, God doesn't want us to live this life going through life kind of, you know, half there. He wants us to experience abundant life. And so, you know, don't speak life. I mean, don't speak death over your kids. Speak life over them. Speak life over your friends. Speak life over your community. Speak life over our nation right now. And then look at this next one here. But if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other, and the blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanses us from all our all of our sin. If we are spending time in God's Word, then we know that you know we know in Satan's line. When we're spending time in God's Word, man, we're reminded of the the blood that was shed. You know, there, there's passage after passage that talks about the shedding of blood. That is how we find, you know, that's how we find forgiveness. Jesus had to go to the cross. You talk about a gory scene. You look at the cross, the reality of the cross. It's not a pretty cross. It was a rugged cross, an old rugged cross that was stained with the blood of our Savior. Not because of anything He did wrong, but because of what we did wrong. And so here's some next steps I feel like that we, maybe maybe you need to take today. Next steps for me, no one's to face the giant in my life. What I love is that David went out to face him. Everybody else was running. And maybe for you today, by faith, you you say, you know what? I'm facing him. I'm not going to deny him. I'm not going to look the other way. I'm going to know that he's here. And I'm on. Maybe maybe you name him. Hey, you say, hey, listen, it's this is the this this is the giant in my life. Maybe it's greed. Maybe it's shame. Whatever it might be. And then here's the second thing: to focus on God instead of the giant. You face him. You name him. You you call him what he is. And then here's the thing: you focus on what God can do. God, you're so much bigger than whatever I'm facing. Whatever I'm dealing with. Whatever I'm battling. And then here's the last one. To run to the battle with all the faith that I have. Maybe today, you know, you just say, God, with all the faith that I have, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to face this head on. I'm going to face this battle. But with the faith that I have in me, all the faith that I have, because, God, the battle is yours. It's not mine. You want me to be free. And you're the only one that can defeat this, this giant in my life. And so I want to just encourage you, man, maybe today... You surrender to Christ. Maybe you, today is a day of salvation for you. You've heard that, hey, man, the only way that we can be in a right standing with God is through with, is through our faith in Christ and what He's done through His Son, Jesus Christ. That's the only way. So I want to ask you if you would just bow your head and to close your eyes and just ask Christ to show you, hey, God, what is the giant in my life that's holding me back? I want to have victory over that. And for some of you, maybe it's just the sin of doubt you, you doubt your salvation or you doubt that God could ever save you and maybe today you say you know what God I want to put my faith in Jesus Christ I believe that he is the way the truth and the life and that no one gets to the Father except through him so with all the faith that I have God I put my faith in Jesus Christ for salvation Jesus will you come into my life and will you live in me and will you live through me and here's the thing his answer is yes if we come to him in faith and we literally surrender our life to him he will step in He'll give us a new name and a new heart and a new spirit. He'll place His Holy Spirit within you. So right now, right where you're at, just bow your heads and close your eyes and just say, Jesus, will you come into my life? Will you be my leader? Will you be my Lord? Will you forgive me? Jesus, I want to quit living the way I've been living. I want to repent. I want to turn to you and I want to live. And I'm just telling you, by faith, you're saved. But you need to tell somebody about that. You need to talk to someone. You need to let somebody know. We, you can let us know. You can even text us or, or uh, email us and let us know. But let somebody know that Christ lives in you. And here's the thing. That's the first step. Then following Him in believer's baptism. That's the next step. And then here's the other thing. is that When you begin to spend time in God's Word, the people around you will know that there's a God in your life. And they'll know that He's given you victory over the giants in your life. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. 
I thank you for just the opportunity, Lord Father, to be here. Lord Father, to teach. And Lord Father, just to be in someone's home through a digital platform. But God, I know more than anything that your Holy Spirit is already at work in the hearts of people. And so God, I pray that you'd give us victory today over the giants, whatever they are and whoever they are. I don't know what the name of that giant might be in their life, but God, you do. So, Father, I pray right now, I pray for victory, and I pray that you would give them victory in that area, and that the battle would be given to you, and God, by faith, we would see victory happen. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you just made a decision to follow Christ, we want you to know that this is the greatest decision you have ever made, and we want to help you with your next steps. If you will text the phrase, my decision, to the number on your screen, we would love to help you as you start this journey with Christ. Again, we are so excited to see what all God does in you and through you. Again, thank you so much for joining us online today. We'll see you right back here next week.